This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Diana Bartolini, a speaker, writer, and spiritual director who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I have an author interview for us today, and I'm very excited to welcome Marge Steinhag Fenelon. She is the author of a number of books. Uh, let me introduce you. Marge is an award-winning author and journalist. She's a retreat leader and internationally known speaker. She has written several books on Marian devotion and Catholic spirituality, including the best-selling Our Lady Undoer of Knots, which I did read, uh, which is a living novena, guided reflections from the Holy Land, Forgiving Mother, a Novena of Healing and Peace, and her latest book, which is what we're talking about today, America's Mary, the Story of Our Lady of Good Help. She is also an instructor for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee Deacon Wives Program and holds certificates in spiritual mentoring and Mariology. Her podcast, Simply Holy, airs weekly on many popular podcast platforms. She appears regularly on Catholic Radio, podcasts, and television programs as well. You can visit her website at margefenelin.com. And of course, I will drop all of that into the show notes. notes. Excuse me. Marge, welcome. Hey, thank you very much for the invite. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been wanting to meet you. So now we finally get to... <laughs> I, I know we we sort of we we sort of operate in similar circles and with Catholic mom and different things, and yet we mm. never have actually have spoken to each other. So that's always a treat um, that that we can talk and we get to see each other, even though the listeners can't see us right now. <laughs> um, so I was so happy and excited when I started to uh, you know just look at the the new book america's mary and i am excited to hear about it so why don't you tell us um you know how how did this well first of all i i think before we talk about the book can can we talk a minute what's an apparition oh that is very very important an apparition is an appearance to a human being by a heavenly being. So there are, there have been apparitions of St. Michael. We know there are many, many apparitions of the blessed mother. There have been other saint apparitions. What, what happens there is it's, I would say somewhat of a mystical appearance. It's a private, we call it a private revelation in the Catholic faith. It, to be a, an approved, a church approved apparition, as in the case with America's Mary, it's the only church-approved Marian apparition of the Blessed Mother in the whole country. There's a lot, years of investigation that goes into this. So so you have you have a human being who observes this vision and they may believe it, but others may be very skeptical and the church doesn't make the when they approve it when the church approves it they say it's worthy of belief so in other words yep this we for, for everything that we can figure out this really happened this person is truthful and and reliable and we encourage you to believe in this but you don't have to it's not part of doctrine 
Right. And, and I love that, that, so, you know, a lot of people know about the more famous apparitions, right? Lords, Fatima, even Our Lady of Guadalupe. But this happened right here in the United States. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Two hours north of my home. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So the, so the apparition, the, excuse me, the apparition took place in Wisconsin. Right. 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 So why don't you tell us a little bit about this particular apparition? Okay. It, it, 1859, the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, appeared to a young Belgian immigrant woman named Adele Brees. And she had just immigrated, I think, about four years before with her family. And she had, she actually, there actually, we, we say apparition, but there were actually three. Mary appeared three times to Adele and at the very, during the very last, the first two times she said nothing. The last time she appeared, she had a very specific message and mission for Adele. And so 1859. And since then that area, particularly the chapel that was built on that spot has, has grown in the sense of people experiencing when they go there, the graces that abound when you go, but, but it's very little though. I, I, I always call it the United States best kept secret because hardly not, that's why I wrote the book. Hardly anybody knows about it. So even in your area, because you said you live like about two hours from there, even right. in your area, is it well known? No, no. In wow. fact, I found out about it for the first time in 2010 when uh, I was assigned by National Catholic Register to write a story about the approval. That was the day, that was December 8th, 2010. That was the day that the Bishop of Green Bay, the, the, the local ordinary, uh, approved. He made the proclamation and issued the approval of that, that apparition. So I, not a word. And it's like, wait, what? It's just North. It, it was, it was, it blew my mind. And so the story I wrote remotely interviewing things, uh, I mean, people and, and putting things together, but then I thought I got to go there. I just got to go there. And and as soon as I stepped foot on that property, I was totally in love and, and she had me. I mean, it was just, I always was devoted to the blessed mother, but it was like, Oh, well, I will definitely be coming back here again and again. Yeah. Well, looking at the titles of your other books, they are all around Mary. Um, and I mean, Our Lady and Doer of Knots is one of my absolute favorite stories, novenas, go-tos, um, because that's what Mary does. She undoes mm-hmm. all the knots of our lives. Yeah. Um, and so to now to have a Marian apparition and someone who, and I know theologically, Mary is always right there, no matter where right. I am or she is, right? Right. It's, it's not that she doesn't care because we're in America. That's that's not <laughs> true at all. <laughs> yeah, but it just—it's a special feeling. It is, and it, there's a difference in that. Yes, yeah, she's always present to us. She's always right by our sides. But when she, well, God is the power behind all apparitions. But when it is such that the person is allowed to actually see. For example, the Blessed Mother. This is a this is a special twist because this is God's way of saying, "Here, here, I need your special attention 
because there's something important that we need that we being, you know, the Trinity and then in this case, the Blessed Mother that we need you to know. And, and so it's a different kind of relationship with the Blessed Mother in this, you know, in the case with Adele actually being able to see and speak with her. We don't often, um, I don't know if, if people are hearing her speak to them, I want to know because I want to know how they did it. But but we don't often have that privilege. That's a very special privilege. It is absolutely a privilege. And and it's also, you know, meant for private revelation. And it it adds to our understanding. And also, I think that what these apparitions do, all of them, they make me think about how much Mary cares about us. Mm-hmm. And she's really trying to get our attention. Yes, as she is. And if you look at the various apparitions, a um, little bit of a spoiler alert with the book, but that I know of, and I obviously, I don't know every single Marian apparition, but that I know of every time she, when she appears, she's, she's begging for, for reparation for sins. She's begging for prayers for the conversion of sinners and, and often the souls in purgatory. And then she has an additional message and mission for that place and time but when you look at these, you realize, and, and I, I'm firmly convinced the same thing with the, the apparition at Champaign, Wisconsin, uh, America's Mary, Our Lady of Good Help. That, that message that is given fits that time and situation, but it's meant for all of us for all time because it's applicable throughout history, every time, every single time. Absolutely. Especially, you know, the reparation of, of sin. Um, for the conversion of sinners. And then what Mm -hmm. was the particular message that Mary gave Adele in this apparition? Oh, the, the, the the thing that kept the fire lit working on that, on that book, there was, there was an arduous one to get through her, her mission and message was gather the children in this wild country, teach them what they need to know for salvation and then she she says, you know, the sign of the cross, the sacraments. And Adele, who was practically uneducated, she had some years of grade school education and, and no more than that. So she really, I wouldn't call her illiterate, but she didn't really do much reading or writing. She, she just, her knowledge was um, wisdom. And, you know, God was always revealing and I don't mean that in the in the in the, the way of an apparition, but anyway, encouraging her in the faith. Adele is like, well, gee, how am I supposed to teach kids when I've not been educated? And the Blessed Mother says, "Go, have no fear. I will help you." Those two parts of that: the children in this wild country, and teach them their catechism, and then the fact that it doesn't matter who we are, what we we think we're lacking. Have no fear, go and I will help you. And and that is definitely that was for Adele's time, is definitely for us in our time. Because we have in Adele's time, the, the wild country was the north woods of Wisconsin, which was literally wild in terms of the physical land and, and the, the fact that it was completely undeveloped land. The the forests were so thick with these enormous trees and so close together that you couldn't see the sun when you walk through it, wow. uh, these forests. And 
So wild in that respect, wild because in the early days of settlement here in Wisconsin and in a lot of parts of the country, priests were far and few between, if any. It was it was a banner day if you could actually get go to mass with a priest. And so very few priests, which meant very few homilies, very few people to to help teach the faith. And then from the old country, so there were Belgian immigrants, but there was German and Irish and a lot of the Europeans. They would bring with them from the old country strange spiritualities that were customs that were borrowed from other spiritualities. And, and they didn't know. They didn't know better. And so they started to mingle with our Catholic beliefs and practices. And the Blessed Mother saw this, and she realized that in this wild country, in terms of both physical and the spiritual fauna and flora, so to speak, the lay of the land, she instructed Adele, we need to preserve the faith and and pay attention to the next generation. Well, well, Dana, look at what we have now. I, I would dare say that our country is pretty developed, not all of it, but it's fairly developed. But in many, many ways, more of a wild country than it was in Adele's time. It's wild out there. The, the people are, our children, particularly, are in grave danger of losing their faith or never knowing it in the first place. And so we've got to get out there and teach the children in this wild country. So, so I love that our Sunday visitor thought up the title America's Mary, because this is exactly right. She's here and she's saying, let's turn this country back to God and, and let's yes. preserve the faith. Yeah. And it is true. As you were talking about, you know, this idea that, you know, the people took spiritual practices from their, from other places and mixed them in with our Catholic tradition. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. That is exactly, exactly what goes on now. And yes, people leaving the faith. I always wonder, are they leaving the faith or are they leaving something that they don't really understand? Because mm. if you really understood, would you go? And that's why mm-hmm. catechizing, which is just basically the big fancy word for teaching the truth of our faith, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why it's so important to to teach and to gather people, and it is just as an important a message. So, um, you know, what is it about 140 years ago this happened? I think. Mm-hmm. Well, we're you no, know, we're we're over we're we're over 160. I think it's 162 oh, okay. that they just celebrated. So yeah, I mean, it's but regardless, it's that's a very long time. It's a very long time, and we still. Um, yeah, like you said, our our land may be developed, but spiritually, mm-hmm. we're pretty wild. Yeah, and and not in a not in a positive way. Um, exactly, it just not. And so that is definitely something to take to heart. And I love, I love the title, Our Lady of Good Help. It's, it's kind of funny because she didn't reveal herself. She revealed herself as the queen of heaven. Adele, during that final apparition, Adele asks, you know, in the name of God, who are you and what do you want of me? Which is what her confessor told her to say when she saw this, this being again. And she, she revealed, she identifies herself as the queen of heaven. And then, and so people look at, well, where's this good help thing come from? Well, it's because after the apparition, excuse me, Adele established a small community of women. They were uh, secular Franciscans, but they dressed like vowed nuns and uh, very beautiful. I mean, it was a commitment on their part to do that. 
these women established an orphanage for children, boarding school for children. They ministered constantly to the people of that area. And it was the local people of that time that started referring to them as first it was the, the Sisters of Our Lady of Good Health and then and then somehow got flipped to Our Lady of Good Help and it stuck it stuck. And and so it's you know it's kind of funny though when you know the whole story, it's like that is that doesn't make any sense. But but it does when you look at how the locals referred to these these sisters. And since since Adele was one of the sisters and the Blessed Mother it appeared to her, then it became Our Lady of Good Help. It is it's a very beautiful title. It's it's so down to earth. Yes. Mary is the queen of heaven, of course. And we we love and honor her in that title. I love that Mary has so many different titles. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you're going to find, well, probably more than one that fit your circumstance and your need. And it's just a reminder how she's such a mother to us. I had an interesting experience of that when... The year that I was working on, on my book, My Queen, My Mother, A Marian Pilgrimage Across America. So I, I visited I visited nine different pilgrimage sites in the United States. And one of them, of course, was Our Lady of Good Help. But but I started my mind of my roots of, of my devotion to the Blessed Mother is is Our Lady, Our Lady of Schoenstatt. So it's Schoenstatt Apostolic Movement is a lay Catholic movement. And and as I'm going and I'm really learning about all of these different titles. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so cool. And well, that one is so cool. And I'm thinking, oh, no, am I being a trade? Like, I don't understand. Like, what title am I supposed to, <laughs> what am I supposed to follow? You know, am I supposed to, like, not ever look at any of these other titles because I belong to this movement? And and I was sitting there. It was actually, I remember this. It was in the in the shrine of Our Lady of Prompt Sucker in, in New Orleans. And and I'm looking at her and going, how you're messing with me. Like you I'm so mixed up. I don't know how to refer to you. And why are you doing? Can't you just be yourself every single time? And and I sat very quietly and you know that still small voice come comes through. And and what I what was revealed to me in my heart, I had no apparition. I want to be very clear of that, was this idea that she appears to the child in the way the child needs her to be. And, and at the, you know, just like a mom, a mom doesn't treat all of her children exactly the same. The ones who are a little more, more bold need maybe a firmer hand. The ones who are, are much more timid need gentleness. And you know, you know how to get into the hearts of your kids. Well, it's the same thing with our blessed mother. She knows how to touch our hearts. And so she has all of these beautiful titles because she knows somewhere down the line, one of them <laughs> or, or a few of them are going to touch our hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's really important to know. Um, so this book is really, I, I want to say it, it's almost like it's historical in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. What what was it like trying to put all of this together? Mayhem. <laughs> Mayhem, and then something beautiful came. <laughs> well, yes, it it was it was three more than three years, really three years of solid re- research, and then and then a good number of months in in the writing of it. It it was. I felt that it was a mission I needed to to fulfill. 
But there were times when I actually thought, I, it's this is impossible. I don't, I can't do this book. Like this is not good because you know, 1859, you know, history was it was mostly oral history. So these things that were passed down, and so when you, well, like you know, when you're writing a book, you need to cite you, you, the, where you got this information, and oh, and it was like, oh dear, oh dear, and it was digging through archives, interviewing people, looking at, you know, went to the University of uh, Wisconsin Green Bay and looking in their stuff and looking at the historical society, the Belgian Historical Society in the area, all of this stuff, and. And it was always these little snippets like, okay, here's a piece uh, and over there is a piece and they don't quite fit together until you get that middle piece. You know, it was a lot of that. And, and so what was it like? It was uh, quite frankly, at times um, I was on a complete high when I would find things that started fitting together. And there were times where, where it was just so discouraging. It was, I don't understand. And, and every, you know, I would put it in the hands of the blessed mother and I would petition Adele constantly like can you find this for me because <laughs> i can't find this piece of information i don't know how to to verify this this is just hearsay so so it was a lot of uh sweat equity <laughs> so to speak for that that book glad i did it but the, it really got it was hard it was very hard so it was a labor of love it sounds like it it was and and in the in the process of that and I was, our whole family actually was hit with unprecedented spiritual warfare. Even the folks at our Sunday visitor, because I said, Hey, I'm real, I'm struggling here. I need, I need backup. And, and even they said, we've never seen an author suffer like this for a book. And so the whole team was praying for me. And, and, and that played into this also. You have the difficulty of the research and the piecing together. And then this, this, crazy stuff going on and it was obvious somebody didn't want this book to hit the bookshelves sh- and you know i have to i just you know all praise to god he's always victorious but but it was one of those things where it's like okay i know you're always victorious do you, <laughs> you want to hop on that a little quicker here because <laughs> this is this is a little tough um but that you know that whole mix of things but when you when you mentioned labor of love it, it had gotten to the point where I thought I can't go on. I can't go on. I can't, I can't, I can't. We're battling, we're battling spiritually. And then there's all of this stuff in the actual putting together of the book. And I, I wrote to the, I emailed the editor and I said, guess what? I think I have to quit. I don't think I can do this. You want to get another writer. I can recommend some, I, I think I'm done. And she said, Oh no, no. I think that you are the writer and I believe in this book, but let's do it this way. Take some time off. And I think it took about a month off and she said, just think and pray, get your strength back spiritually and, and physically, and then let's talk again. And it was in that time, those few weeks of, of silence, that I came to the conviction, you know, this is really silly. You're doing exactly what the evil want, wants you to do. He wants you to quit. And this message is essential. And our Sunday visitor had come to me specifically. They wanted me to write that book. That was actually their idea. I can't take credit for that. And, and that all came together in my head and I realized, nope, absolutely not giving up. And, and I just felt this, this, this wave of, of new vigor 
and life. And I, I called the editor. I said, hey, we're on. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's roll. Just keep praying. But <laughs> yeah. we're going to do this. Prayer is always necessary. And and the harder the work is, the more necessary it is, right? Oh, I know I, clearly you found that with this. And I'm sure in your other work as well. Uh, yeah. And I think too, you know, when you're writing a book about Mary, what does Mary do in scripture? It tells us Mary is the one who crushes the head of the serpent. Yeah. Yeah. And so anytime we are turning to her, you know, the evil one is not happy, but who cares? Right. We're not here to make him happy. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> we're here for God. Um, all right. So we're just about at time. And I know there's, I think the, the one thing that I, I want to repeat this is that the message that Mary gave Adele was to gather the people, gather the children in this wild country and teach them what is important. And you, you made the point that that message was important then mm-hmm. and it is important now. And right. I really want to convey that to right. the people listening. Um, I have not read the whole book. I've read parts of it and I am looking forward to reading the rest of it. It's, I mean, I, it seems silly to say it's well done because, you know, Marge is an acclaimed author. <laughs> she does her research well. Our Sunday visitor would not have asked her to do it if the book wasn't going to be well done. <laughs> Thank you. But well done. Uh, and I, for one, am glad that it has appeared because we need Mary. We need our Blessed Mother. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And and I think I think we've always needed her. But I, I feel like there's a sense among many, I, I would dare to say multitudes, realizing, no, we really need her now and we need to get more serious about asking her help now for our present time absolutely and that actually asking for her help leads us into the not lukewarm challenge which is the prayer uh, now remind me who created the who wrote the prayer the 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 what is now the official prayer to our lady of good help was written by bishop david ricken so that was was his prayer and not like he imposed it on people, but the the folks at the shrine wanted that, and they loved it because it was a gift from their bishop to to use and and distribute, and and so that that was what's behind that. And and I've met uh, actually Bishop Brickin was a huge help to me in writing this book, a huge support, and uh, so I've met him. He's a very genuine, not very. He's completely genuine, and he is is really an awesome bishop. And he's still the bishop there. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and we're all hoping, don't go away. Don't take him away. <laughs> don't send him anywhere. <laughs> it's always hard when people, you want them to stay, but sometimes they do go away. Um, I actually have the prayer up in front of me, or do, do you have it handy? No? All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read the prayer, but I'm also going to put it in the show notes because as people are listening, they're not going to be able to remember this. And really, Marge's suggestion, and I love it, is to use this novena prayer um, for nine days for an especially difficult intention, right? Right. So I'm going to go ahead and read the prayer. Oh, dear lady of good help, you revealed yourself as the queen of heaven to your servant Adele. You gave her a mission to pray for the conversion of sinners to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to others 
and to prepare the children for the reception of the sacraments. I trust that as you called Adele to holiness, you are calling me in my station in life to live a holy life devoted to Jesus Christ with the help of your maternal love. I bring before you now my worries and anxieties. I abandon my attachments to them and place them at your feet. I ask you to hear the deepest longings of my heart as I pray most earnestly for whatever your intentions are. Dear lady, you told Adele and you say to all of us, do not be afraid, I will help you. Help me now as I place this intention with complete confidence and trust. Amen. Our Lady of Good Help, pray for us. And so if you want to use that as a novena or just use that prayer on a daily basis, if you're having a difficulty, mm-hmm. right? I think right. sometimes we get, I, I, people ask a lot of questions sometimes if they're doing their, if they're praying correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always, yeah. not to laugh because people are very serious about it, mm-hmm. but I think we have to pray, just pray. God mm-hmm. honors our prayers. Exactly. Mary hears them. Exactly. And and prayer is more about relationship than it is about formality and right. how you say it or where you say it. It's it's a relationship. Any, yeah. So anytime you're reaching out to God, he responds. Um, and anytime you reach out to Mary, she responds. And and just that's a that's a beautiful, a beautiful point. So um all right. So you can find Marge and her other work and writing at margefenelin.com. The book is available at Our Sunday Visitor and on Amazon. And again, the title is America's Mary, the story of Our Lady of Good Help. I really, I loved the book. It was very good. And I don't, I usually don't like history kind of things, mm-hmm. um, but this was very good. Very that, well done. I, that's great. That touches my heart. Thank and you. needed, so needed, which we've said a number of times. Any any last words, anything we've missed that you want to put out there in the world? I, I I don't think so, but but only to encourage to encourage people to to get the book, let others know about it, read it, not because of me, but because of the Blessed Mother. And and I purposely wrote the book. You won't find me in it at all. I told it in a narrative style, and I, I don't give any of my own impressions. Or it's not like my my other books where I share personal experience. This is completely focused on the Blessed Mother, what happened there, all of the people involved, so that I would be out of it as author, and everything would continue to focus on the Blessed Mother. So please help us make this this miracle this this apparition, this message and mission known throughout the country. Marge, thank you very, very much. And it was You're so welcome. great to finally meet you and talk to you. And Yay! hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll see each other again in real life somehow, some way. That would be great. To all of my listeners, again, thank you for listening. And really, I do encourage you to take a look at the show notes with the prayer and links where you can purchase the book and support Our Lady. As Marge says, yes, she wrote the book but it's about Our Lady. It's about Our Blessed Mother. So God bless you all and continue to live not lukewarm. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listen. Show notes and links are at notlukewarmpodcast.com.
www.ChristianMusicGroup.com.